We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, we were a little bit running late tonight. We had some uh, technical difficulties that we're kind of working through still on the fly. Just a little bit, as you guys can see. Uh, But. We've been so uh, looking forward to getting on the mic because two massive items of news today uh, and then a couple other minor ones. But first things first, your gut reaction to Tim Patrick going down, being carted off uh, early in today's practice, day five of training camp, the third practice. But for whatever reason, the Broncos are calling it day five. But what was your uh, gut reaction? And for those who maybe have been working all day, they don't know all the details, bring everyone up to speed on what we understand is his injury. Well, of course, I love talking to Broncos country, but I was not looking forward to this part of the podcast tonight. I hate having to break the news or at least go over the news that Tim Patrick is out for the year. Once again, he went down in today's practice, seven on seven drill, non-contact injury. It looked bad and it was bad, confirmed by an MRI torn Achilles tendon complete tear of that left Achilles and he will miss again the 2023 season Chad I am so gutted and heartbroken for Tim Patrick what he worked up to to get back to this point the work he put in when he was like a no-name receiver who started to kind of make waves in Denver he was having a really solid start to camp and now he's out for the year once again his NFL career could be over with this injury, I mean, ACL now in Achilles, his Broncos career is almost certainly over because they can't keep paying him um, to not perform on the field, obviously. But I just am absolutely heartbroken for TP. I really am. Yeah, it's it's tragic. And Casa Patrick is going to be especially somber because the dude living in his basement, KJ Hamler, got waived today, waived right. uh, as a non-football injury guy. However, based on the reporting, Zach, what we're hearing, this is all kind of dovetailing together. We're going to talk a lot about wide receivers tonight. Um, but what we're hearing, the Broncos are at least leaving the door open to the possibility of bringing him back. So if before his rookie contract, Zach, was even over, the Broncos are 
turning the page on a second round pick. What was your reaction to the KJ news? I was less hurt by that. No offense to KJ, but we all kind of felt this was coming when the Broncos drafted Marvin Mims. I do feel bad because KJ is cursed, man. I mean, every year since he's been in the NFL hamstring and then uh, the torn ACL dislocated hip, another hammy last year, torn pectoral, which he came back from to start training camp on time only for a uh, test to uncover. He has a minor heart condition, heart irritation, the Broncos plan to bring him back once he's healthy in a few weeks or so, but he has to clear waivers for that to be a possibility. So if he doesn't get scooped up by another team, you might see KJ back, but health is first. It's a serious, you know, anything with, to do with your heart's always serious. So I wish him the best health-wise, but the news of the day is TP. Losing him is a much bigger blow to the Broncos offense than KJ Hamler ever was. Yeah, and, and as Javante Williams talked about um... – you know, everyone's marveling at his speedy recovery from what was a serious multi-ligament, very grievous knee injury. It was the type of knee injury that would cost most players for the majority of the NFL uh, history, their careers. And yet yep. he's out there running and gunning. And he credited Tim Patrick in, in large part uh, to his speedy recovery by not only, you know, providing an example of how to kind of attack it and what kind of mindset you got to cultivate. but doing it right alongside him, doing it right with him as he rehabbed from his ACL last year really is such a, such a bummer. Troy, not a bummer is Troy. Love you, big dog. Great to see you. Appreciate the super. He says, Hey guys, I feel terrible for Tim and KJ, but this is the one position that can absorb that hit. Happy for more O-line depth. Now get another D lineman and we should be good barring more awful injuries. Still excited, but bummed out for them. Thank you, bud. I'm going to grab David Wilder. Great to see you. Long time Super Chat superstar. Been a minute. Says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Scott. Dylan in Broncos country. I hope these injuries are not a harbor. See, I wanted to jump straight to this. Troy, I hope you don't think I was just trying to speed by you, but I, I was either going to get this out of the way because I knew this would be a hot topic tonight, uh, but then I saw that David touched on this subject. He says, I hope these injuries, Zach, are not a harbinger of things to come. I'm hearing more and more about heart issues in the NFL, MHH for life, Denver Bronx for life. So maybe David's talking more about the heart issue thing, but I know a lot of Broncos fans are going, Hey, wait a minute, man. We were uh, hopeful that we were kind of past the star player guys going down, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Is this emblematic of the Sean Payton regime, not necessarily probably coming in in year one and totally changing the health outlook for this entire team. I kind of want to tackle that. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, David. What are your thoughts on that subject, Zach? Well, injuries are a part of the game. You know, Lauren Landau is no longer here. The Broncos' previous training staff is no longer here. So it's too early to say what the, the cause is. I, I don't think it's a Sean Payton problem. The thing with KJ is he's an injury-prone player, and injury-prone players tend to get re-injured, as KJ did. Tim Patrick just... We don't believe in coincidence, but we do believe in bad luck. And Tim Patrick just has bad luck. It is what it is. There might be a reason why he suffered the Achilles today. I'm not a doctor, but I happen to think that maybe it was overcompensating from the ACL. You know, less strain on that knee and more strain on his other leg and pop goes the Achilles. So I don't know. It's a harbinger. I, I look at the Javante Williams situation as something really encouraging, but I'm not going to form a basis one way or the other based on TP or KJ. You know, Tim Patrick, for what it's worth, he's uh, been an injury prone player for the majority of his 
uh, football career. I mean, even dating back to the University of Utah, he uh, appeared in a grand total of 18 games, only the 2014 and 2016 seasons because of some gnarly injuries. So it's it's really unfortunate. You know, the 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 best streak he had, Zach, was 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. He had like a I'll say I'll say 18, 19, 20, 21. He had a four-year rep- reprieve where the the injury god said, okay, we're gonna pull off this thing for a minute, let you actually have a career. And what did he do? He went on and made some money. Maybe not multi-generational money, obviously, but this dude's a millionaire now, all right? He's, he or his family provided he's smart with his coin. Never going to have to worry for anything. So, like, even if Tim Patrick's career is, in fact, over, and this is just a kind of a death nail too much to overcome, I do take at least a modicum of comfort in knowing, hey, this is a dude that, you know what, he didn't get drafted. He wasn't supposed to make it in the league, Zach. He was injured more than half the time. He was a collegiate player. And here he is, you know, 17 undrafted, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, so, you know, seven, seven years into a career, and he's never going to have to worry about money ever again. No. So at least that's there. But the concept of, oh, no, turns out the Broncos have not quite yet figured out how to uh, snap this, this curse of the injury thing. If it was to a non-injury prone player, I'd maybe countenance that a little bit. I'd ponder it. As much as I love, that's not a knock on them as a player. If they're an injury-prone player, they're an injury-prone player. That's like saying, "Look, the sky is blue." You can't really debate that. Up is up, water's wet. Those are those are facts. Tim Patrick is an injury-prone player. So if this can't happen to someone, Zach, who's like a veritable Iron Man, all right, I'd be tripping a little bit more. Look at Garrett Bowles, one of the toughest players in the NFL, and he snapped his leg last year. It's it's unfortunate, but injuries do happen. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Tim Patrick, I'm happy for him as a person. You mentioned him getting his contract. I'm happy he got his money. He got his payday. He definitely deserved that. But I'm so bummed for Tim Patrick, the player. That's the difference because he is so passionate. He is so reliable. He has so much enthusiasm about Denver, about the Broncos. And he was fixing to have a huge season, relatively speaking, under Sean Payton. If only as a red zone weapon, a safety blanket for Russell Wilson. I just wanted one game, Chad, where a healthy Sutton, a healthy Judy, and a healthy Hamler are all on the field together, and we just can't seem to get that. It really sucks. Sam Bam, what's up, bro? Great to see you. Thanks for the super. He says, hey, guys, so unfortunate about Tim Patrick. Worked hard, worked that hard to come back from a torn ACL only to have another season-ending injury. Glad we kept Cortland and drafted Mims. Next man up. Go Broncos. Indeed. You know, some things happen for a reason. You know, don't fool yourselves, guys. One of the reasons, might not be the reason, but one of the reasons the Broncos never pulled the trigger on these trade offers they got for Cortland Sutton was, hey, Tim's an X2, but he's coming off an injury. We don't know. We can't count on him being what he was. And um, that's more about, like, the knee injury that he has been recovering from. Uh, So it was prescient. It was wise that they held on to Cortland. We'll see how it shakes out with Mims, but I like Mims' upside uh, as a Broncos second-round pick, Zach, significantly more than KJ, oh, yeah. mainly because um, he's he doesn't have that same injury jacket. I mean, the Broncos basically drafted KJ as an injured player, and that just never right. changed. The thing with Marvin, though, is he had a, a hamstring injury after the draft. He had a wow. recent hamstring injury leading up to training camp. He's healthy now, but you have to wonder how long that's going to last for. Um, when you look at the depth at receiver, it really falls off after Mims. I'm going to go through the list here, okay? And, and tell me how many times you guys say who in your head. Kendall Hinton, Marquez Callaway, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Montreal Washington, Jalen Virgil, Brandon Johnson, Taylor Grimes, and Michael Bandy, who the Broncos signed like two days ago from the XFL. You need, I think, just one more experienced vet in there and accomplished, you know, uh, able-bodied vet, not just someone who has experience like Kendall Hinton. Because again, after Mims, it falls off a freaking cliff, and that's a problem now. Um. Kenny, what's going on, big dog? Great to see you. He says, good evening, fellas. Can't believe this is happening again. Prayers going out to Patrick and Hamler. MHH for life. Very cool, bud. Thank you, Kenny. Also, we got the Ronk coming in. Michael Ronquillo. Uh, good evening, Chad and Zach on the Mile High Little Podcast. Go Broncos and Buckham. That's with a B, YouTube. Thank you, buddy. Great to see you tonight. Uh, as always, we appreciate you. The Duchess jumping in with a message. Look. I mean, she on the last jersey she won on the the super chat raffle. True, she wanted Tim Patrick. She's rocking it with pride, not because of what happened today. This has been on her profile pic since she got the jersey. But as you can see, big big Tim Patrick fan is Michaela Parker. She says so sad about Patrick. Dude can't catch a break. Such a wonderful, hardworking man. I really love how inspirational he is. Sad about KJ. Heart issues are serious. He's a nice guy from a great family. When it rains, it pours. Indeed. And you know what? Like, With the exception of the injury thing and the injury-prone label, Tim Patrick is very much like the heart of a Rod Smith. Very similar guys in terms of not just what it took for them to fight and claw their way into the league, but in terms of being leaders who take – 
not only like set example and all that, but like literally take guys under their wing and work with them and build them up and help make the team better. You know, you hear cliches like glue guy and stuff like that. Oh, he's a glue guy. Well, Tim Patrick is definitely that, but he's more than that. And so this, this little uh, spiel I'm going on is only to say that think of all of the odds Rod Smith defied to build what is, in fact, a Hall of Fame caliber resume. Tim Patrick in that same vein. If anyone can overcome the bad luck that he's had in these past two years, I wouldn't put it past Tim Patrick because he has that kind of a heart. Zeus, what's up, dude? Thank you, brothers. Stu McPeak, really bummed for Tim Patrick. I know it's such a bummer, Zach. It is. Thank you, Stu. Uh, thank you, Michaela. And Michaela, I, I echo all your sentiments 100%. If you could, you would have 22 Tim Patricks on offense and defense. You would line your team with them. It's just the, a consummate pro, hardworking, dependable, reliable, consistent. Those are all traits that Sean Payton loves specifically in, in a player, and he would no doubt have had a huge season uh, in, in Payton's first year. Nothing more to be said. I'm just absolutely heartbroken for TP. It's a bummer. Zeus, so good to see you, big dog. Thank you for being with us tonight, my friend. The very first face etched on the MHH Mount Rushmore, Stu McPeak. Drake Wally, jumping in. Thank you, bro, for the stripper. He says, what a bummer about Patrick. Guy is a beast athletically and coming off an injury. It sucks. Hoping he recovers fast. And this is a guy who is a Colts fan, guys, for what it's worth. He uh, writes about the Colts, covers the Colts on our sister site, Horseshoe Huddle on si.com fan nation so drake uh thank you bud i'm sure the community appreciates the sentiment and we obviously do and thank you for the the super chat support big dog thank you drake and i just want to point out not to be a wet blanket but uh tp's turning 30 in november turning 30 years old in the nfl coming off an acl one year and an achilles the next year it doesn't look too good I i hope that down the road he can maybe become like a receivers coach for the Broncos or another team because he certainly has the uh the knowledge and the wherewithal I just I feel bad that his playing days could be over Chad there's a good chance that they are it's more likely than not but I'm still gonna hold out some hope because again even if his career ends up panning out in a different NFL city um he's just a guy he's got the heart of a champ and I you can't sleep on that you don't know what the limits of such a heart really are so David the papa bear as he's known in his neck of the woods what's up brother Thank you, bud. He says, with a very generous super chat, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Zach, Dylan, Deacon, Scott, 12 and 5. Buckham times 3. MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, David. Really appreciate you, big dog. Uh, The triple C in the house, Colby checking in, sounding off to say, this is unbelievable. So bummed for these guys. Yeah, it is. Lando Lee, thank you for the stars, my friend. Great to see you tonight. It's been a minute since we've seen you. Happy to have you in the chat this evening, my friend. Uh, John Juno, what's up, big dog? Super chat to say, is there any good receivers in free agency or that we could trade for? It's funny you ask that question, John, because I had gotten distracted, but I was in the process of pulling up what available uh, free agents are out there. Uh you ready for the list, Zach? Here's the headlines uh, of the list. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, actually, let me try this. Let me try this. I'm going to take a chance here. It's just not as fun if you can't do the scratch and sniff together. You know, I could sit and read it from the screen or whatever, but it's just not as fun. Uh, things are going well with no lag since Scott figured out, as as our producer, how to get around this, the lag thing we were suffering with. 
uh, get rid of this. Okay, here is, let me make sure I got an unrestricted free agent available 2023 wide receiver. Updating one more time just to be sure. Okay. This so small name, made, Chad. Yeah, Kenny Galladay, Julio Jones, 34 years old, uh, Jarvis Landry, 30, uh, Nikhil Harry, 25, Sammy Watkins, wide receiver. Could bring you some speed still probably a little bit. Andre Roberts, 35 years old. Amari Rogers, Richard Higgins. Uh, I'm just kind of scanning down here. Maybe Anthony Miller kicked tires there. I don't know. I'm looking here. I mean, T.Y. Hilton's still out there. He's uh -uh. 33. Any of these names jumping out to you, bro? No. I would say Antonio Callaway, but I'm pretty sure he's suspended. Um, it would be pretty funny, though, if the Broncos signed Jake uh, Kumaro because that was the receiver that Aaron Rodgers threw a hissy fit over in Green Bay that he wasn't brought back. So maybe to troll Aaron in week five, the Broncos can sign him. But on a real note, when your best options are like Jarvis Landry and a washed Julio Jones or Kenny Galladay, I would rather give those reps. I know I said they should sign someone with experience, but I don't want to sign for the sake of signing. You, you mentioned Sammy Watkins. He's good for like two snaps a game before he gets injured. Nikhil Harry was a massive bust in New England. Uh, maybe Amari Rogers is intriguing, but I'm pretty sure he was waived with an injury designation. There's just not a lot out there right now, Chad, at all. No. Um, that's why, you know, if, if you're going to take a chance, bring in a more proven commodity like Kenny Galladay. He's only 29. I mean, he's buttoned up against that that 30 mark. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check something out real quick here. Uh, Kenny Galladay. I'm going to check out his stats real quick on PFR. He was fire in Detroit, and then he's been a, a non-factor in New York. So first year in New York was 2021, 37 receptions, 521 yards. That was in 14 games. So he started 14 out of 16 games. Last year, though, Zach, injured, uh, only appeared in a, less than a quarter of the season. So that was the, the that's the reason Galladay finds himself uh, on the unemployment line. But yeah, nothing uh, to really write home about, guys. I mean, there's some big names, but a lot of them are washed. I mean, Julio Jones obviously headlining that list of big names when it comes to big names. But 35 years old, golly. Naj, what's good, Thank bro? You, Thank wow. you. So generous of you, man. Uh, Naj and I were uh, corresponding in a private chat just last night, uh, shooting the breeze a little bit. And uh, it's great to see you tonight, my friend. Thank you so, so much. He says, hey, brothers, brutal discouraging day every year i'm overly optimistic and six years in a row it's been nightmarish once again first day with pads and boom worst news possible i have no idea who is enough of an alpha on this offense to make up for this and the irony thing about first day of pads is it was non-contact right it was on air yeah uh and it just so happened sean payton talked about this today that he was working on a point of emphasis specifically with something Tim Patrick was doing. And so he ran his rep. And so because they had just kind of had a conversation about it, Sean watched the whole – he was watching it, the whole thing unfold. Um, but I would say this, Naj, it's it's maybe perhaps uh, uh, easier said than done, obviously, but let not your heart be troubled. All right, Tim Patrick could have made a big difference, but he is not the fulcrum upon which this whole thing is balanced. Let's face it. All right, let's be honest about that. It really boils down to Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, a rebuilt, uh, you know, a strategically uh, bolstered defense. And this is still, Zach, a loaded skill position group 
Let's recount Jerry Judy, baller, Cortland Sutton in a Sean Payton offense. I have faith, baller. Uh, we, you know, rookie Mims, we'll see what happens there. Greg Dulcich, Albert Okawebenov still on this roster. Running back, Javante Williams, looking like he's going to be exactly what the Broncos said he was going to be. And then just in case, Samaje P. Ryan. And look, in case you guys have been uh, missing Luke Patterson's uh, camp notebooks, he's been there every day and he'll be there every day. Jalil McLaughlin, the guy we've been telling you guys, keep an eye out when, before training camp started, lighting it up. And today really stood out. And Sean Payton is another guy he talked about. It. He's like, look, you never kind of, you never know uh, how a guy who's shining before pads is going to look when the pads go on. Um, but Jalil McLaughlin, as advertised in terms of that speed twitch, the pads going on did not diminish him at all. So I'm only saying all this, Zach, to set the table and help everybody understand that it is a demoralizing uh, turn of events to have a key leader like this go down with an injury. But he is not the key. Tim Patrick is not the key to this team succeeding in 2023. McLaughlin is uh, lights out on the field and he's getting into the building before the lights even go on because Sean Payton talked about he's the first one in 5 a.m. in Del Valley getting ready for training camp. So he definitely has an edge for that RB3 spot. That's what we presumed all along, but the fact that they can use his speed and kind of two-way ability is great for the offense. Back to what you said, Naj, about the alpha. Chad kind of hinted at it, but the alpha is still and will be Sean Payton. He's right. Chad said you don't base your season or all your hopes on Tim Patrick. Would it have been nice having him? Yeah. Would he have helped a lot? Yeah. I I am so sad that he's not going to be playing this year, but – when your starting receivers are Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Marvin Mims, your second-round rookie who looks the part of a future starter, you're still in decent hands. They're going to be a run-first team, smash mouth with Javante and Samaje Pirine to set up the pass. And again, even without TP in the mix, they still should be good through the air. So don't lose hope. Chad, I've had people on Twitter today say, you know, get ready for another 5-12 and 12 season, another year, mm-hmm. another, you know, lost cause. I wouldn't go that far at all. As long as you have Sean Payton, you have an improved Russell Wilson, you have plenty of other weapons on offense. My prediction for the team, I don't know about you, I'm assuming it hasn't, mine hasn't gone down. I'm still thinking 10 and 7 in playoffs. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Oh, dude. Honestly, my outlook for the team has not changed at all. But this is why it's important to, and by the way, Phil, love you, big dog. We're going to grab you just one second because, uh, Zach knows all about this one. We're going to grab this one sec. Hang tight. But, guys, you're smart enough to know. You guys listen to every single show we do. You listen to the majority of the all the different Mile High Huddle podcasts. Broncos for breakfast. Look, this is a unfortunate development. And because it kind of comes on the heels, Zach, of seven straight preceding seasons of missing the playoffs, four straight preceding seasons of being absolutely snake bitten with the last year being like the worst, like you think, Oh, it can't get any worse than that. And then you kind of open the training camp with a little bit of a negative cloud because of what Sean Payton said. All right. About Nathaniel Hackett. 
And so I think a lot of fans currently kind of have a negative vibe right now, or perhaps, uh, you know, they got some, some anxiety, all right, a little trepidation. But I'm telling you, this, this isn't going to change anything, all right, um, as far as the end result. Would have been nice to have Tim Patrick, but guys, you still have Cortland Sutton. You still have Jerry Judy, and you still have a younger uh, receiving core behind those dudes waiting in the wings, many of whose uh, uh, ceilings, talent, whatever, has not been fully tapped into. So try and keep your chin up. Try and keep some perspective on this. Phil says, what's the story on Yasir Durant? More depth on the O-line. Go Broncos. Love you, big dog. Thank you, Phil. Zach, you had the story for us. Break it down. Yeah, so the Broncos made a move in, in semi-positive news today along their offensive line. They did sign Yasir Durant. A Durant is coming to Denver, folks. He has 19 career appearances. He was an undrafted free agent in 2020, spent a little time in Kansas City, New England, and New Orleans last year, appeared in one game. He is absolutely freaking massive, though. He's 6'7", 330. He can play both tackle spots and both guard spots, so something of a versatile insurance policy. I would look, though, Chad, for the Broncos to deploy him at guard because you're set a tackle with uh, McGlinchey, Bowles, and Cameron Fleming. At guard, though, you have Kyle Fuller, Will Sherman, and Quinn Bailey. So I think Durant, given his relative experience and what he brings to the table, uh, position flexibility-wise, he could be your swing guard in 2023. It's a nice little insurance policy. I was really yeah. happy to see it. Same. Um, I like that You know, he's got some experience in, a, in playing with a, or at least being on a prolific offense. Uh, so this is, a, this is a good little kind of uh, – value signing that could end up having bigger upside and a bigger return on investment, so to speak, than you might initially think at first glance. The Lady D jumping in with a very generous super chat. Thank you, Thank Deanna. You, so great to see you. She says, evening, Chad, Zach, and Scott, and Broncos country. She says, sad about the injuries. Is there any news, though, on picking up Shelby Harris? Love the coach and all the truth he dropped. I think she's talking about uh, Sean Payton, you know, um, facing the firing squad, so to speak, saying what had to be, what what was the truth? Maybe not what had to be said, but like we talked about last week, nothing Sean Payton said about Nathaniel Hackett or Russell Wilson was factually off the mark. But um, what have you heard on Shelby Harris, Zach? Um, that he took a visit with, I'm pretty sure it was Chicago today. So the free agent tour for Shelby Harris is getting going. Uh, he had his Broncos visit over the weekend. Sean Payton was asked about it. He pretty much said that they're looking at several defensive linemen right now and Shelby Harris being one of them. Uh, I haven't heard anything imminent on negotiations though. in what might be like the icebreaker considering all the bad blood that was built up. Shelby did tweet today. I'm assuming about Tim Patrick's injury and said, I feel bad for my dog or whatever he said. So he still has some connection, some investment to Broncos country and his former team. We'll see though, Deanna, if he does sign on the, on the dotted line and comes back to Denver. It really makes me wonder what else they could have in mind because it was I'm Cleveland. telling you, sorry, Chad, it was Cleveland, not Chicago. Sorry. Thank you, Dylan. Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. Cleveland. But seriously, like when we talk about the factors at play, like, relative age, relative ability. You talk about fit. You talk about all those things, dude. There are other more accomplished uh, D linemen available. There are bigger name guys. There are guys who are significantly younger than Shelby is right now, but none of them really check every single box. Shelby does. So if he came for the visit and he 
probably heard something from Sean Payton to the effect of, look, new sheriff in town, things are different. Hey, appreciate you coming in. We'll see what's what, but if we bring you back, just know it's going to be a different thing. VJ's here. VJ, I'm sure, was a big part of that visit for what it's worth. Um, so don't don't count it out yet just because he's going on the tour. But I, I'm just trying to wrap my brain around it's such an obvious thing. Like to me, it just makes, maybe it's one of those cliches. It makes too much sense, right? Like that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard, by the way, that particular cliche, it almost makes too much sense. What are you talking about? So we'll see what happens, but I don't know who else could they, we know they're according to Peyton looking at other guys, who else could they value? Maybe Zach more highly than Shelby. Right here. Harold Jean said it. I would love Matt Ioannidis. He would check every box as well. Former starter has experience, would uh, be an instant fit in VJ's 3-4 alignment. Whether it's Shelby or Ioannidis or anybody else, I said this yesterday, I'll say it again. They just need some depth. They need another warm body on that D-line. I don't really care who it is, but you cannot go into the season with Matt Henningsen as your starter. I know Eric Trickle, based on the bodies that are at camp right now, he thinks Henningsen uh, has the most upside should win that uh, last starting job on, as far as, you know, you talk about a starting three on a three, four D line. Um, but that's not counting who else might be out there. He's talking about who's on the roster currently. Mark McDonald throwing down some big boy stars on Facebook. Once again, by the way, thank you, Mark. So great to see you tonight, big dog. Keep it going. We appreciate you helping us keep the lights on. He says, while it's been bad news today with KJ and Patrick, I have faith that under Peyton, it'll be next man up and we'll be okay. Again, guys, if this uh, if this hadn't happened, if this had happened to a player who did not have a injury prone resume, I might be a little bit alarmed. I'm not alarmed. I'm bummed for Tim Patrick. I'm bummed that that is going to be absent from the team this year. But it really is not changing. Has not changed at all. My outlook on things really hasn't for the Broncos. So keep your chin up. I think a lot of Broncos country, and it's totally understandable. They have PTSD after losing Patrick again, similar to last year. I mean, we saw how much the Broncos offense went off a cliff without him on the field. And he's such a, again, a reliable safety blanket, but that was Nathaniel Hackett's Broncos. These are Sean Payton's Broncos. There's a massive world of difference between the two. That's why you hire someone like Sean Payton, who, by the way, Chad, made Marquez Callaway something of a pretty good player in New Orleans. He was definitely ascending, and now Marquez obviously plays for the Broncos. So that's the beauty of having an offensive genius is you can make lemonade from any sort of lemon, whether it's old, whether it's too ripe, whether it's not ripe enough. And I, I have faith as well that whether it's Mims or Jalen Virgil, Brandon Johnson, they will find someone to be that next man up. I'm really not tripping on it. For now, it's it's just a terrible development for I'm more worried about Tim and to me it doesn't really color the outlook of the Broncos but hey Ronnie Ray what's good man thank you good to see you in our chat welcome appreciate you he says hey Broncos country so sad for Timmy there goes our dog at receiver really praying he can make it back please don't be the end yet yeah um I hope it isn't Zach hopes it isn't but the pragmatist in us we've been covering this thing long enough to know that the indicators are pointing toward the Broncos saying, look, we can't keep paying a guy millions and millions of dollars who doesn't show up on the field because he can't stay healthy. 
despite all of our uh, attending to them, our, our health, our strength, our conditioning, our sports science, all these resources that also go into him beyond what we pay him, we, we might cut him loose. That could happen. It probably will happen. But again, I'm going to throw this out. If there is ever a player in the modern uh, canon of Broncos uh, history to defy that probability, that NFL reality, wouldn't surprise me if it were Tim Patrick who somehow manages to hang on one more summer. We'll see. Uh, Benji, thank you, buddy. Good to see you. He says, what's up, bros? Got here late. Is Patrick's career over? Uh, and then Viral Headline says, sucks that both players' careers are likely done. We'll see what happens on KJ with the heart thing. But um, your thoughts on the, the career outlook for both guys? Oh, man. KJ, he should be back relatively soon. They were talking weeks, not months for that heart issue. So I have a feeling whether it's in Denver or elsewhere, he'll be playing this season. If he can stay healthy, that's another uh, question altogether. Patrick, though, I mean, again, he's going to be 30, coming off an ACL, not coming off an Achilles. You wonder about the psychological and mental effects of both those injuries. If I'm him, I'm thinking, am I not cut out for this? Is my body betraying me? Is is it not what I need to be doing anymore. I, I would definitely be having those questions with myself. And especially if the Broncos do move on and he becomes a free agent, you, you wonder what the next move is for him physically. I'm sure he'll be, you know, healthy in due time in, in enough time, but the, the mental side of it and the lingering doubt and questions that these injuries have brought him, I think could last quite a while. We'll see. We're keeping, uh, keeping our fingers crossed for both guys though. That is for sure. Um, yeah, like just this, this whole concept, this whole premise of Broncos fans calling the season over before it begins. Like I strongly, strongly rebut that even if it were true, even if this were, even if I really interpreted this Zach as some kind of omen or some kind of harbinger of 2023, I wouldn't allow, you can't allow yourself to go down that, that path, that, mm -hmm. that thought process. Because that's how you lose. It's so. What does that mean? It's a loser's mindset. So you can't let it. You can't let it shake you. All right. You got a big boy at the helm in Sean Payton. Don't let it shake you. Russell Wilson didn't get hurt. All right. Tim Patrick got hurt. God bless him. Wish him the best on a recovery. Of course, as we've said millions of times already. Uh, but let's keep this in perspective, guys. Stole the words right from my mouth. You know, like a small, small part of me like understands why Broncos fans are feeling that way considering how the last seven years have gone. But it's such a loser's mentality that I can't get on board with it. They haven't even played a snap of preseason. They're a week, not even into training camp, and fans are calling for the season to be over because a wide receiver three went down for the year. I love Tim Patrick as much as anybody, if not more, but the season, as Chad was talking about earlier, never really hinged on him. I'm as optimistic as I was, Chad is, and I, I encourage everyone in Broncos country to keep your chin up big time. KB, what's up, Kenny? Appreciate the super, brother. Good to see you tonight. He says, what current Broncos receiver has the most to gain after Tim Patrick's injury, and who is the free agent receiver you would like to see Denver kick tires on? Um, and then Colby says, here's what it means. Sutton needs to step up and show out next or next year. It's bye. So listen, um, that's Mr. Producer gently, uh, coaxing us in the direction of who benefits most. It's Cortland Sutton, who was already going to be above Tim Patrick, you know, in a kind of generic general depth chart. 
Sean Payton's not much, not big on depth charts, you know, but all those X, you know, not maybe not all because even receivers obviously need need a breather here and there, but lion's share of the X reps are still going to go to him uh, and even more so. So he's, he's the biggest beneficiary. Now, if you want to go beyond that into depth, you know, um, Callaway, I look at Marquez Callaway and Brandon Johnson as, as the two guys that uh, probably as much as they hate seeing Tim go down, they kind of felt their heartbeat going a little bit going, all right, you know, this is, this opens an opportunity for me right now, but answer the question, Zach, uh, both questions, including, you know, do you disagree that Cortland Sutton benefits most? And then who, who would you like to see the Broncos sign? Oh, he absolutely benefits a lot because him and Tim Patrick are the same player. They're big body possession guys who can win jump balls and high point passes. I think Tim Patrick was a little better than Sutton consistently about that, but this is all for Sutton now. He should be getting a ton of red zone looks. It's up to him, though, Chad, if he gets it between the eyeballs to step up and be that player he was before the injury. Another beneficiary to me, though, is the obvious one, Marvin Mims. Now's your time, kid. I mean, you were going to be a wide receiver four or five more than likely. Now you're wide receiver three, let's say. The Broncos traded up to draft you. You're in a very explosive Sean Payton offense. You got to stay healthy and you have to produce. If he does, the Broncos will be just fine. Oh, yeah. And it's important to remember, too, guys, when we talk about who who do, should they go out there and sign, all they got to do is wait three more, four more weeks, tops, three weeks, whatever the final cutdown date is. I can't remember what the new CBA. And the NFL wire is going to be flooded with plenty of good options. True. And Sean Payton has a uh, penchant for making a lot of hay with guys who are, you know, last-minute cuts on the doorstep of the season that go on to do things. So don't worry too much about the depth side of things, who's out there right now. They might go make an addition. We'll see. But they also are wise enough to know it is their business after all, that reality that there are going to be more receivers than you can handle hitting the hitting the wire in just a few weeks' time. So, Robert Audison, great to see you, bro. Thank you for the super. He says, hey, uh, how about looking at these USFL receivers to help out? Just a thought. Love from Nevada. Keep up the good work, boys. Hope no more receiver injuries. Amen to that, my dog. What do you think, though, Zach, on USFL? Well, the Broncos just signed Michael Bandy, who I thought he, I'm pretty sure he was from the XFL, but it, it also applies to the USFL. If the Broncos wanted a player from those minor leagues, they probably would have signed them by now, or we'd be hearing something about them. I don't know, though. I mean, let's say you have a generic player from the USFL or receiver is bringing him on better than just giving more reps to Jalen Virgil or Brandon Johnson or Marvin Mims? I don't think so. Again, it's not ideal, but the Broncos do have a ton of untapped potential beneath Sutton and Judy on the depth chart. Jalen Virgil specifically, he had that long touchdown against Tennessee. Remember that? I want to see more explosive plays out of him. I want to see what Brandon Johnson can do last year's preseason star. Obviously, Marvin Mims, Marquez Callaway we talked about, Lil Jordan Humphrey, who came over uh, from New Orleans with Sean Payton as well. They have the the upside there. It's all a matter of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson unlocking that upside. And by the way, um, well, I'm going to put a pin in this, grab Zeus real quick. Stu, thank you. Super chat number two tonight, throwing down. Thank you, Stu. Love you, big dog. He says, what's the overall thought on how our O-line is looking? Everything I've been told from our ears and eyes at 
at Broncos HQ these this past week has been nothing but encouraging. And I want to actually add one thing on top of that. Did you hear what Sean Payton said today about Lloyd Cushenberry? Fill us in. Maybe not, you know, words are words, right? Like you can't get too uh, out of control, jump into conclusions. But let me find this, this uh, quote for you real quick. This is Sean Payton today when asked about the specific topic was Lloyd Cushenberry's learning curve with the new offense and how he's managing it. Payton, quote, well, it's a lot on the center because he's getting our protection started with the Mike linebacker, the uh, inside D-line, all that. Lloyd is handling it well, and he's extremely smart. The one thing I would say, and you feel it right away with him, is his ability to retain and pick up information quickly. He's doing well, close quote. Now, you put that, Zach, in conjunction with the additions that were made in the offseason. Um you put that also into the equation, the fact that one of the things that's standing out quite obviously in team drills, seven on seven and beyond at camp thus far, is that the passing concepts, this isn't the deep drop back stuff. This isn't the Kubiak seven step drop and hope to God you don't get crushed and that someone's open, you know, 45 yards down the field. This isn't last year where Hackett's having Russell Wilson drop back, uh, you know, 45 times a game with impunity and not having any presence of mind in terms of, you know, how to balance that, how to keep defenses on its heels. Like it was just blind and oblivious that this ain't that. So Lloyd Cushenberry, again, I, I devolved back to my original um, posture on Lloyd, which was, Hey, I would have liked to have seen an upgrade, but if Sean Payton christens him as our starting center, I take that, endorsement of sorts to heart and I go, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to hold, I'm going to put myself in a little bit of a holding pattern relative to Lloyd Cushenberry until uh, otherwise, you know, till, till something else tells me I, sh- I should move off that posture. Much has been made about the Broncos O-line in training camp. And by the way, it's so hard to get a read on them when it's not a live game situation, when the chemistry and continuity hasn't been built yet. And it's even harder when your right tackle, this being uh, Mike McGlinchey, wasn't even at practice until I think it was either, I think today was his first practice or Saturday was, but he was um, away from the team for a personal matter. And Broncos fans were kind of worried because Jonathan Cooper was getting pressure off the edge. Russell Wilson was getting pressured a lot. The defense is always ahead of the offense at this point of training camp, at this point of the offseason. They're going through their install. Once that five, the offensive line, gets together and they start playing some games and snaps together, they're going to be a lot better. You mentioned Cushenberry. Ben Powers as well, the left guard, has absolutely looked the part. He's what the Broncos thought they were getting when they signed him to that free agent deal. When it all comes together, it might be a few hiccups here and there. It might be some growing pains, but when they all do get to week one and they find their groove, this has the potential to be a top 10, if not top five O-line in the NFL under Sean Payton. Guys, I'm really mystified by even the notion that this affects Denver's playoff outlook, the Tim Patrick injury. I'm sorry. Like I, I don't, I'm not trying to make you feel small for thinking that, but this wasn't Russell Wilson that went down, all right? This wasn't Patrick Sertan that went down. This wasn't Justin Simmons. I mean, heck, it wasn't even Josie Jewell. Uh, Naj, number two tonight. Bro, what's Thank up? You, Naj. Thank you. He says, I'm a big karma and superstition guy. So am I, actually. I think bringing Shelby back is just a good vibe, positive thing, especially for the locker room. Let's get it done. 
Yes. You know, you want to try and offset some of that glue guy loss that uh, you sustained as a team when Tim Patrick went down today. Shelby, maybe not quite the leader, but a known dude in that locker room, known dude with VJ. Um, again, makes a lot of sense to me. Makes a lot of sense because you can say that Ionitis checks every box. He checks most of them. I'll tell you one box he doesn't check is that fit with VJ and all that. So that's something that Shelby still has. And you could say that other aspects that Ionitis brings to the table offset that. For example, he is significantly younger, so the upside is a little bit more. Uh, but I still think he's, of all the guys that are out there, man, he makes the most sense. And you don't need him to be a world beater. He doesn't have to be an all-pro. Just He has to just take up bodies on the edge, hold up blockers so the edge rushers can do their thing. He's decent in run support. We know how he is um, with pass deflections. He's a pretty good pass rusher. I mean, you might not be getting Draymond Jones back, but he's not that far off from it. Plus, like Chad mentioned, he has... Uh, history and uh, chemistry with Vance Joseph and the players on the defense already. So it makes a lot of sense. We'll see if it happens. Wanting to grab this real quick from Albert, the uh, mile high Dutchie talking about the Achilles injury that Tim uh, Patrick suffered today. He wanted to know, didn't that happen to Vaughn Miller as well? A non-contact Achilles. Yeah. I remember that was a non-contact. I'm trying to remember if an it was ankle, though, wasn't it, or a foot. I thought it was more of a ligament, an uh, ankle yeah. ligament thing. But I'll have to do a, a quick, you know, research reminder on that. But maybe it was Achilles, Zach. No, I, that's how I remember it as well. It was some sort of ankle or uh, foot injury, some sort of tendon or ligament. But it was, uh, Albert, to your point here, a non-contact. Vaughn was walking off the field, and then he just stepped the wrong way, and he went down, and he was out. So that's what is the unfortunate part of the NFL. At any given moment, you can suffer an injury, and your season could be over. Um, just, revi just revisiting it quickly, it, it was called a uh, dislocated standby. It was uh, – where'd it go? Dislocated perineal tendon. So that's what happened. So not the Achilles, but a tendon in that same sector, that same region. GLP, Gary, the swashbuckler, who goes hard. This man goes hard. Jump it in with the super. Thank you, brother. Great to see you tonight. He says, hey, uh, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Dylan, I echo all the love for Tim and KJ, but I'm not worried about the season. Go Broncos and buck them. Yeah, those thoughts, those fears, those anxieties, those misgivings, buck them. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't succumb to that stuff. Uh, keep your chin up, orange blinders on, because, again, this wasn't Russell Wilson that went down. If, if it was Russell Wilson, even if it was, you go, all right, let's look at what Sean Payton's resume looks like with non-Drew Brees quarterbacks in the 15 years he was in New Orleans. Oh, wait a minute, Teddy Bridgewater. Like, we start going down that list again, right? Uh, Jameis Winston, yada, yada, yada. So it sucks bad. And because it's on the heels of, of the this really bad stretch of losing and this really bad stretch of, of injuries, I understand the urge or the the you know penchant to fall into the old familiar pattern of well there goes the season. But try and keep it in perspective, guys. Like Gary is right here. 
Yeah, I mean, to assume that the season's loss because of Tim Patrick would assume that the season was hinging on Tim Patrick or he was going to be what made the Broncos a playoff team. He would have helped toward that goal, as will 52 other players on the roster. I'm not trying to downplay or or take anything away from the injury. We feel, we'll say it again, we feel absolutely terrible and heartbroken for Patrick, but the Broncos have to move on. And let me tell you something that would cure a lot of these sore feelings, winning a football game. Broncos go out there week one against the Raiders and they look good and they win that game. I think we can withstand the Tim Patrick injury a little longer. I think that's going to be the resounding opinion in Broncos country. Which also, by the way, you beat the Raiders in the season opener. That gives you a nice lift because you haven't beaten them uh, for seven games. True. Ridiculous. Skate uh, 69 skater Mike Wildrift. Thank you. Welcome. Appreciate you. That's a newer name on Super Chat. So appreciate you and, and welcome. The train will keep on moving, guys. We are good. Yes, indeed. Um, thank you for the message there as well, Mike. Uh, Andrew Lampy, great to see you. Thanks for all the hard work you guys do, he says. Appreciate you, bud. Thanks for showing up. Thank you for the stars. means a lot to us. But we are about out of time, guys. So any burning topics, get them in the chat. Uh, Howie, whoa, whoa, Howie, going big. Going big on the stars on Facebook. Thank Tip you. The cap. Very thank freaking much, dog. Howie. Very freaking much. We're so freaking grateful. Thank you, dog. Appreciate that. Um, Scott, I see one uh, from Mike Ronquillo, the Ronk, jumping in to say, Sean Payton will turn this Broncos team around. Mark my words, Broncos country. Can't wait for the 23 season to start. Go Broncos and buck them. Yes, indeed. Thank you for that message as well, Ronk. This is the kind of stuff you got to, uh, you know, rehab your mindset. That's what you got to do. Don't Don't succumb to the negative nancy stuff because like naj was saying karma superstition you can dismiss those things you can say ah that's what you're being is i don't know i'm just telling you as someone who has experienced some success in life mindset is like almost half the battle i mean work ethic all that stuff that definitely plays a role but i'm telling you right now mindset is so crucial so crucial so don't fall into a loser's mindset and start going, oh, well, there goes the season. We lost our third receiver on the depth chart. That gummit. I mean, think about that. I'm not trying to disrespect Tim Patrick. I'm not trying to minimize the tragic nature of him suffering that. Of all the players that are out on the grass today, him suffering it, I mean, it's just sick and tragic, right? I'm not trying to minimize that. But in terms of how it fits in with the overall outlook, keep that in perspective. And thank you, Mike. The Ronk throwing down. Scott, I'm going to grab this one from uh, Savage Boy Kev on Twitch as well. Um, always try to get at least one on Twitch. Kev says, we were so close to winning 75% of the games we've lost. If coaching was somewhat competent last year, now that we have Peyton with pretty much the same defense, gives me hope. It should. I mean, that's one statistical or just distinction that should give you hope amongst many amongst a forest of hopeful, hopeful factors. Let's just say, yes, Sean Payton knows what's up. I mean, just hearing him today, Zach, uh, talk about, um, I'm trying to remember which player he was talking about. Uh, I think it was wide receiver talking about splits, talking about, Oh, I got to find it. Oh, this, Right here. So just this tells you, you're not even scratching the surface on the football acumen this man has, okay? 
and obviously there's a lot more to it than football acumen in terms of a winning head coach, but it's a big part of the uh, equation. He says on the subject of an offense going against Patrick Sertan in practice, how that can pay off for him long-term, quote, uh, okay, it wasn't too long ago we played here in Denver, talking about New Orleans, and we would go through the game plan. There would be certain throws that you'd feel more comfortable with, and then there are other throws. You might one way a formation and only run it to the left if you felt like he was playing to our right. Sometimes they'll move him around. A lot goes into that when you play an opponent that you feel has one of those elite corners. I kid him all the time. We typically try to make those elite corners tackle a lot early in the game to get their helmet dirty. You do have to pay attention to that, the matchup, the split, the route, especially when a guy has good ball skills. If they don't have really good ball skills, then it's a little different. Close quote. Just a lot of information, dude, dropped just in that one little anecdote, okay? I'm not worried about the season, guys. I'm sorry. You know, to Kev's comment here, he's absolutely correct. How many games did the Broncos lose due to poor coaching? How many games did the Broncos lose due to injuries? How many games did the Broncos lose due to turnovers? How many games did the Broncos lose due to penalties or, you know, lack of discipline? All of those issues should be cleared up, maybe except for injuries, because that's uncontrollable by the addition and arrival of Sean Payton. So I agree with the optimism. Coaching was always the missing ingredient. It wasn't necessarily quarterback play. It was always having that elite coach on the sideline. The Broncos do now, and that's why you can withstand the bad breaks like the Tim Patrick injury and the KJ Hamler release. Last one, guys, and then we're going to sign off for tonight from Daniel Yost, who's been uh, vociferous with this question. He wants an answer. He needs an answer. He's demanding an answer. We're going to give it to you because... At the end of the day, what are we? We are your football priests each and every week, multiple times a week. We're here to offer you the absolution and the answers to the very burning questions that Daniel Yost uh, is, is dealing with right now. He says, what are your thoughts on the new look Russ so far this year in training camp and why? MHH for life. Buck them. Zach, I'll let you start on this one. A lot of Broncos fans are kind of digging Russ because he's thrown a couple picks, he's taken sacks, and they're saying, oh, look at this, he hasn't improved, season down the drain, that same loser's mentality. Well, the way I look at Russ, and based on the reporting and those who were there, like Luke Patterson, for example, he's been in and out of the huddle, he's been efficient, he's been commanding, he looks physically slimmer, he has the respect uh, of his teammates who all say he looks amazing, he has a chip on his shoulder, he's driven, he's motivated. So I'm going to give it, Chad, and this might seem crazy, you know, stop me if I sound insane. I'm going to give Russ longer than a week in training camp to make an accurate determination one way or the other. I'm going to at least let the preseason play out before I start judging Russ. Is that too insane? I think it's fair. I'll put it this way. The early returns are more than encouraging. You know, if the expectation slash hope is that Sean Payton is going to come in and turn the ship around, relative to Russ, I have seen nothing up to this point that disabuses me of that expectation or hope. Slim down, that first practice on Friday, he was trying to maybe hold on to the ball a little long, trying to run with it here and there more than Peyton obviously wanted him to or you know more than what was ideal. Then what happens? Well, Friday's practice, the fans and media see is over. They go back into the building. They're breaking down the film from those sessions, and Sean Peyton – coaches him 
and he explains to him here here and here and here and here you held on too long here what were you seeing okay here's what you do next time and then that's where you hope and expect to see improvement over time as these emphasis these different points are, are emphasized to where they're coached out of this out of the equation so to speak that's what good coaching does for any player makes them as efficient and good at what they do as possible and i think the it's only three practices but so far what we're seeing from from russ it's all good he's on the right track so far and when the picks have happened, like today, I think he threw one to Simmons. He's been pressured because the Broncos haven't had McGlinchey. They're still working their offensive line together. You're going to have some hiccups, but that's what practice is for, right? Isn't that to make mistakes and get better from them, learn from them? So the pick he threw today might be a long completion in September, in week one, week two, week three, whatever. That's what I want. Because I have faith, unlike last season, the coaching, Sean Payton, will improve upon those mistakes and turn a bad into a good. So I think he'll be okay. All right, guys. We got a few messages, then we're going to dip out. Don't go anywhere quite yet. I want to echo uh, someone said in the comments, a very lively podcast. Jason O'Neill, very lively one tonight. It was a tremendous episode of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so Please change that and follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter, the mothership at mile high huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott, our producer at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, buck a merch, anything you guys can think of, it's right there. MHHmerch.com. Check that out. Also give us a like at facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. Be sure you're uh, following, liking our content on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And you're leaving your football priest and our Deacon Scott a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please, please, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. By the way, guys, we are less than 200 away from crossing 10,000 followers on the Mile High Huddle podcast Facebook account. So if you're on Facebook and you have not followed that, as, as Zach just uh, mentioned, guys, make that happen. Help us get over 10K, all right, because we're going to raffle off some swag when we do. So please help us get there, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Uh, really appreciate you guys. Um, shout out to these phenomenal Super Chat superstars and supporters this evening. The Ronk, all right? We got The Ronk. We've got Lando Lee, Colby C. Collier, Phil McLaughlin, Mark McDonald, Andrew Lampy, Howie Frickin' Day, Troy, David Wilder, Sam Bam, Kenny, The Duchess, Zeus, the first two faces etched in the MHH Mount Rushmore right there back-to-back, Drake Wally, David McElrath, that is, John Juno, Najal Toff, Deanna, the Lady D, Mount Rushmore as well, uh, Ronnie Ray, Robert Otteson, Benji Clay, viral headlines, Kenny, Gary Palmer, Mount Rushmore. Love you guys. Seriously, thank you so much. We unfortunately couldn't get Luke on tonight. That was the plan, but something unforeseen occurred. Everything's fine, but he had something come up. So uh, let not your hearts be troubled tomorrow. Plenty of content coming down the pike for you. Uh, uh-oh, Scott's giving me a, a, a sign. What do you – one more? Okay, drop it. Oh, did 60, I screw up? What did I do? 69 Skater Mike. Okay. Oh, I missed one. 69 Skater Mike. Thank you, big dog. 
Appreciate that, Scott. And Mike, you are a prince. But guys, we'll be covering it. You know what we do here at MHH seven days a week. So stay tuned. We'll be back Thursday. Can't wait. Scott's going crazy down there as always. That was a tremendous show. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you Thursday night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.